With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Basketball season won't be around forever. Life is fleeting, nothing lasts. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports, DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Are you feeling sweaty right now, Taylor? Oh, man, I'm sweaty as hell. Oh, man. Well, every dunk, steal, assist, they all mean so much more with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, Taylor, you're a, you're one of those. You actually were just uh, watching the Yankees this past weekend. They uh, won. You, they did indeed, and you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? So what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings app now. Use the code THPN, like we said. Use that during sign-up. And this week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. I've already said that, so you should know that. That's a lot, of, T- a lot of dough. Oh, yeah. THPN, free shot, millions of dollars in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions, they apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor, president of the Dominic Hauschik fan club. Wow. Well, let's just jump right in then. So as Taylor alluded to there, the Sabres have their goalie of the future now. Who would have thought all he needed was a chance? Michael Hauser, 2-0 in his two starts as a Buffalo Sabre. His first ever starts in his NHL career, for that matter. A uh, career that has pretty much been defined by him being a career AHL goalie. And now he gets his shot with the Sabres. And while obviously I'm being facetious and him being the goalie of the future, he may have just earned himself a contract next season. Yeah. So how Hauser uh, Monday uh, it was announced he was going to be the starter with all the injuries to the other goalies. And I'm sure all the Sabres fans were like, who is that? A lot of Islanders fans were definitely like, who the hell is this guy? And the answer, obviously, is your worst goddamn nightmare. <laughs> uh, he's played two games, and I would say generously, the Sabres played not great in both of them. They allowed 88 shots in two games plus one overtime, and he only allowed five goals. That's good for a 940 save percentage. And we also would be games. remiss if we didn't say that in two starts – he has more wins than Carter Hutton has in his last 16. That's right. How about that? He is, he is, I think, is he tied with Tokarski for second on win in wins this year for Sabres goalies of the six? Oh my God, yeah. So I, I think UPL has one. 
Tokarski might have two. He might have two. And then Mark Olmark has the rest of them. Carter right. Hutton has one. And I don't think Johansson won this year. I think Johansson got his one win last year. Mm. Yikes. So, so you, you mentioned uh, Hauser being a career, a career AHL guy. That's almost overstating the case. If yeah. he was a career AHL guy at 29 years old coming in and doing this, that would be impressive. Here's the thing. He's worse than a career AHL guy. Uh, just a little background. He played for the London Knights for three years of the OHL. He played on their 2012 team, which I don't remember if they won the Memorial Cup or not, but that was a great team, and he played great for them. And now with his uh, debut this week, that I think that's their 12th NHL player, which is absurd. Yeah. He uh, then went to the ECHL. So he's played zero games of hockey at all before Monday since March 2020, since the shutdown, since the beginning of March. 14 months. <laughs> Last year, he played 26 ECHL games. Since April 2019, no, he, so so basically since April 2019, he's played 26 ECHL games. He play has played 73 career AHL games. 28 of them were in 2013-14, and 37 were in 2014-15. So he's played eight, eight HL games since That's... I since I graduated college. And buddy, that was six years ago. He's played one AHL game each in 2016, 17, and 2017, 18. In 18, 19, 19, 20, and 2021, he played zero. He was a, a ECHL like time splitter of, of late. He was ECHL goalie of the year not too long ago. I don't know if that was last year or two years ago. So he was a good ECHL goalie. This year, the Sabres, in fact, it didn't probably register. He was signed by the Amherst, actually, not the Sabres mm-hmm. in September. And he was actually going to stay with Cincinnati, but they opted out of the ECHL season because of COVID. So he didn't really have anywhere to go because as you know, this ends like a hundred years ago when the season started, it was going to be Allmark and Hutton as the Sabres goalies, Johansson on the taxi squad mm-hmm. and then Tokarski and UPL in the AHL. So he was basically on the taxi squad of the AHL. Yeah. And yeah. he's, that that's the guy that has 940 and has one is so, the first two starts. It's probably worth asking now then. I mean, where is he gonna finish in Vesna voting? I would say top eight at least. E- easily. He won't catch Vasilevsky or Hellebuck, but everyone else is fair game. All right. I like that. I like <laughs> that. But going back to my point from before, though, I think the interesting thing about this is that, yeah, it's only been two games, but I really do think that he might have just played himself into a contract next year. I'm not saying like an a one way contract, of course. Of course. That's what I'm saying. He like uh, to, to like, definitely have one because you think that he would have. I mean, if he was the AHL or the AHL's for better way of putting a taxi squad goalie, you know, in, in any other year, it would have he would have been stuck behind Takarsi and UPL because UPL was supposed to be the workhorse down there this season. And we never even would have gotten to this point. And who knows, you know, a guy who's 29 years old, who is a, I thank you for correcting me, a career ECHLer. Yeah. Who knows what his life would have been like after this season. And now there's a very good chance that he could end up coming back on a two-way contract with the Sabres with like the Amherst, I should say, but a two-way contract with the organization next year, potentially. Yeah. If you, if you think about it next year, I, I assume they're going to go, they're going to try to get all Mark back. He's Mm -hmm. a UFA. So maybe not. Allmark and then a 1A for Allmark is what their goal is going to be. And their goal is probably going to be start UPL in Rochester. And you would think he might he might be the Rochester backup. Well, it's crazy. The last five years he's played – six years, sorry, eight AHL games. So that's that would be crazy to even earn that spot back in the AHL. But he might have done it. I mean, it's not just anyone that could come into the NHL and have 940 over two games. Now, if he played 10 games, it might be a different story. And he right. – 
I assume might start the last two games of the year. No reason to risk it for Allmark. Tokarski's out for the year. UPL is out for the year. And Hutton's out for the year. And I think he's done. And Allmark is injured and it's not clear. But he's skating. He's skating, but it's not clear if he's Mm -hmm. actually going to play. And maybe he gets one of those two games. And Johansson's in Colorado, so... Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty insane to think about, honestly. And like, good for him. I mean, I think it would be good to just bring him back because, as we all know, over the past oh, I don't know, decade or so, a lot of bad vibes around this Sabres team. Not not a lot of good things happening. And when the good vibes, good happy things happen, I think it's worth celebrating them and keeping them around. But not you know to the crazy extent or anything like that. Like Don Granado is a perfect example. Good vibes with him. He's obviously doing a good job with this team. They're significantly better under him than they were with Ralph Kruger with not even arguably a definitively worse roster. And I think it's worth keeping him around as an assistant. I mean, if they don't end up, you know, landing Boudreaux or one of the the bigger fish, I mean, really it's just Boudreaux and Gallant at this point, because I would rather take Granado over Nate Lehman, I think, but uh, I mean, worth keeping him around as an assistant Hauser. Good story. Feels, feels good. Fun to watch. Great for him. Seems to be a, a well-liked fella. So yeah, keep it going. So they have tied their record for most goaltenders used in a season mm-hmm. with six. That was the infamous, what was that, 13? 13, 14. Yeah. And there's, it's another, there's another season too, I think, in the 80s. The thing is those seasons were 82 games. This yeah. season was 56 games. That's pretty absurd. And for everything that's gone wrong this season, that probably stands above the rest. How many goaltending injuries? I know Allmark is the only one of those guys you'd actually want to see on the ice. Mm-hmm. But Allmark got hurt twice. Hutton, and one of those injuries was about a month long. And this one, it's not clear how long it'll be. I mean, we'll see. Hutton is more than a month injury as well. Hitton, you mean? Hitton. Yeah, that's Hitton. Carter Sorry, Hitton. I changed his name. That's on him. pretty cool. Yeah, like he could tell. Wow. Well, <laughs> He's uh, got to get the man his glasses. Yeah. Cataracts, excuse me. So, those guys, I mean, that's both your starting goalies. And then to have late seasoning injuries to both your AHL goalies, it's absurd. And that's kind of like what 2013, 14 was. So I don't, I think we did just talk about this. We like did. I mean, you had ago. Lewin, you had Makarov, you had. And that, oh, that all happened. This one was spread out across the 56 games. That was crazy. Cause that was like probably 56 to 60 games, probably 60 games or more right. of Miller and Enroth, mostly Miller. And then you trade him. It's like, all right, Enroth's time to shine per Packet, spiral. Pert, Lewin, Pert. And you're just with Knapp and Makarov. Makarov didn't even play, I don't think. No, no he got a game in, didn't he? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, because there were six guys that actually oh. started. He was on the bench, though. Uh, so he didn't okay. get a start. So it would have been Miller and Roth, Hackett and Lewin were the AHL guys. And also Neuverth, we forget about. We got the trade deadline. And then Connor Knapp. Makarov and Halak both sat on the bench for games and didn't play. Wow. So that's probably the most got goalies that were ever around. Also, Ryan Vins. Ryan Vins, of course. Well, and even the Sabres now have an emergency backup who they signed. I can't remember the guy's name, but they had to sign somebody to back up Hauser. Is it not Ryan Vins? No, it's not. <laughs> and also, Taylor, I will tell you now, he did start a game, Makarov, in 14-15. He played one game. Ooh, uh, can I guess the starting goalies at 14-15? Yeah, do you want to? I, I mean, think I think it's so they started the year with Enroth and Neuverth and they traded them both. So they get for playing well. And then they would have Hackett, 
Makarov and Chad Johnson and Anders Lindbach. So they also have six goalies that Let's year. Let's see. Hold on, folks. We're getting there. Nope. They only had five that year. Did Chad Johnson not actually start he a game? He did not start a game for them. Nope. They it was traded... Enroth, Neuverth, Lindbach, Makarov, and Hackett. Yeah. So I think they traded for Johnson and he got hurt. Or they might have traded for him injured because he was there the next year. Mm-hmm. And I remember people being like, they traded for Chad Johnson and Anders Lindbach. How more up? Could this get any more obvious that they want to lose? But Chad Johnson and lose they did. Chad Johnson was pretty good the next year. He was so he was surprisingly. Yeah. So anyway, but that was that was the good vibes portion of the episode. Let's let's turn it down now. It's yeah. Bad vibes time. So there's a Buffalo News article today by Jason Wolf, and you if you're on Twitter, you've probably already seen it. So we won't go too much into it. We'll just give our opinions. But it says Sabers exec. How can we connect with fans on something deeper than wins and losses? And it's basically uh, an interview with John Durbin, who's the senior vice president of marketing and business strategy for Pagula Sports and Entertainment. So he's basically wondering when this is all over, which is, I assume in October, even though COVID won't be gone, we'll have full arenas, but probably not in Buffalo, probably not a full arena because you haven't had one of those in most games in a while. Banooch. Yeah. Nice. That's not even a joke. You just haven't. No. Like, I know that's there's other places that don't have full arenas consistently either. But yeah, so like the Toronto games will be sold out and whatever. But most games, even no matter how many tickets are sold, you're not going to have a lot of fans there, especially during the week. Just how it is. Uh, but he, this article basically goes over, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to get fans back? And how are they going to rebuild the atmosphere in the arena, which is lacking? Uh Meanwhile, actually, I think there's a companion point to this, which is John Vogel wrote an athletic article today where it was kind of a a photo essay where he took pictures of different areas in and out of the arena and basically was like, here's what we could do to improve them, because doesn't this look bad? Yeah. Yes, it does look bad. But yeah, that this article, it's worth reading this Buffalo News one just to just talk first. It's worth reading to see that this guy is very obviously at the end of his rope. I'm not sure it's his fault solely, but what are your thoughts there, Brendan? I think it's an organizational problem that they just refuse to listen to fans. I mean, when you look at Sabres Twitter, you and I both are very online and active on there. And yes, it is undeniable that people are have a tendency to be hostile, but in reality, it's because we care so much. Sabres fans care deeply about this team. But because maybe some of it comes off as hostility, it seems like from ownership, really, and and through the front office, there's this resistance to wanting to engage with the fans and listen to what they really have to say. I mean, I bring that up solely for the fact that the past however many years, the amount of ideas that have been so cool that I know we've talked about other people have brought up just for things that they can do to revitalize the atmosphere in the arena and outside of the arena as well. And they just don't listen. They, they do nothing. It just seems like there are so many layups that are there that they just don't want to capitalize on. And then because of that, it's like, well, the bigger picture ideas, you don't even, it's not even worth bringing up. So to start off, I mean, for one, you have, as we all know, the issues with the interior of the arena. There are seats that are getting ripped apart. There's bird shit on seats that people have seen. Really, you know, I don't when think you're the seats walking, are being reupholstered in 25 years. No, no, yeah. absolutely not. 
Um, you know, the in-game presentation isn't great. It's really not that engaging. And they just had to, of course, get rid of uh, Bull, Rich Gensler, due to his termination from... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they're going to have something like an opportunity to start fresh there. But it really wasn't that engaging. I mean, Christ, it was, what, two years ago that they had a kid play a game in there and he <laughs> lost and they're like, oh, sorry, asshole. Well, See was, you later. Little girls. Like, yeah. Um, but little, little, little. Yeah. And they were Not like, oh, sorry, you get she nothing. lost to uh, Kylo Poso in, like, Guess the Disney Princesses. And instead of doing what everyone else is like, well, we're so glad you played. We're going to give you a prize anyway. I could have known to do that. Yep. I haven't been to that many. I was events. at that game and everybody, myself included, booed the hell out of them after that. It was embarrassing. So you have those issues. Then you could take it even a step further from the presentation and like the seating stuff. The arena itself, like there's really not a lot of like engaging amenities in there that people would want to like stop and check out. Like the Sabre store is fine, but really not that great. Um, when you're walking around like any of like the concourses or the, you know, like the hundred level, the 300 level, whatever, there's really not a whole lot going on or to look at. I mean, the concessions are pretty standard, I guess. So uh, there's easy upgrades there. Then you could even take it outside alumni Plaza. You could do so much more. The seven or the, um, the French connection statue, I think is great. I think that having the pillars, the brick pillars with every Sabres player's name on them, very cool, but add more. You have literally the best player at his position in the history of the NHL as like the marquee alumni of your team or one of the marquee alumni. Give Dominic Hasek a statue. Do something, you know, I mean, even look at the, um, what is it called? Like the walkway that leads you from the parking garage into the arena. As of like last year or two years ago, they had Tyler Myers as the most recent player on there. Isn't he still the most recent player? Yeah, he might. Yeah. I I haven't drove by there to see, but like, come on, you can't. You mean to tell me that you can't like switch some panels out and get some get Jack and Sam and Darlene in there along with having the rest of the players throughout franchise history? And you know, then it just leads into the the greater question here again of engaging with the fans and that's just something that the team has fundamentally not wanted to do in past years i know probably about five years or so ago um they would do blogger summits we talked about this on our last episode that they don't do the sabers hall of fame anymore and they have no real engagement there they did a horrible job with handling their 50th anniversary celebration i mean then again going back to the saber store also you pretty much like scoff at any kind of nostalgia or have scoffed at it for 10 years. It took them what almost 15 years after they retired the red and black jerseys for them to start selling merch again, or even just like showing the logo anywhere in the arena. So, I mean, that in and of itself, you would be able to just make so much money so easily by selling those jerseys again, like the old goat head jerseys or the red butter knives jerseys with former players who are on the team. Or you can even get creative and have Eichel red jersey or a Reinhardt black jersey. Or you could do it with like the old school design and have more than just like Rob Ray and Gilbert Perot for the jerseys that are available for alumni. There, the, there's just so many options that repeatedly we talked about on this podcast, people talk about on Twitter. It's, it's, it's like clockwork. We just, everybody talks about it. Everybody brings forward these really cool new ideas or the most like basic layups and they just don't listen at all. And I think it's because they're afraid. You know, it goes back to when I read that article, the one thing that immediately jumped to my mind was Kim Pagula saying, I think we know more than the fans. 
And I don't bring that up because to say like that specific comparison with it being, you know, Kim in that sense was talking about um, like the analyst, like the roster decisions, essentially saying that, oh, well, we know more than the fans with what goes into our decision making process. Here's the thing. We know for a fact that that's like wrong to begin with on like there the personnel a, side. There is not one subject in the world that Kim Pagula knows more than me. And I'm I, not that smart. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And, and so then you have that side of it, but we know more than you in terms of the fan presentation and what fans want. We have been here longer. We know what we like. We know what's fun. And what we know is that for the past 10 years, the vast majority of what they have tried to do in the arena to make it major air quotes, fun and engaging has been a colossal failure. It sucked. Like Rich Gensler was not good. Lauren Hall was not good. DJ DJ Milk has been a resounding failure, even though, again, I will always have a spot, a soft spot for him because during one of the intermissions, this man literally during a dance competition was a, a, a cameraman did a close up of a baby. And this dude literally was like, Hey, shout out to all the babies in the house tonight. Like, he will always have that little soft spot in my heart for that because I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard at a live sporting event that I did in that moment where that man tried to shout out babies. But generally speaking, he sucks too. I The one thing I will say, and I think I talked about this on our first season of formerly Blue and Gold Make Darlene, but I wanted them to model the in-game presentation more similarly to like how the NBA does it because the NBA is really good at just setting a very like just cool atmosphere doing cool like um promos and whatnot fun stuff on the jumbotron and the sabers really don't do that i mean i remember growing up there used to be a lot of really fun stuff that they would do and then it just seems like they totally got away from it and they've just cheaped out on everything absolutely everything and it's to the point now where it's like well if you're not going to listen then like you can't complain about this stuff if you're not going to listen to what fans are trying to tell you I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts? All right. So I think you're hundred percent right. I think we should turn our attention though, because there's something that's happening currently while we're recording. What's going on? Some wild shit is apparently going down in the Rangers Capitals game. No way. Tell me. It Wait, just I'm seems like there's some now. kind of uh big time brawl going on starting the right away. It's a line brawl to start the game. So wow. watching the video here. So I'm going to do a play-by-play of the things people definitely see. Everyone just drops the gloves right away. I'm seeing there's been six fights. And George Peros is in attendance right now, right? Yeah, this is going to be wild. Oh my gosh. So let's do this quick and then watch the rest of the game. Okay. So the thing we have to bring up is the Tom Wilson thing. That's That was going to be our next topic. And I, I will say that I do think Brennan already said everything I would have said about the arena. So Tom Wilson, you guys already know what's going on here with all this. If you don't, Tom Wilson, uh, Monday night, they're playing the rain. The Capitals are playing the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers getting close in the goalie, get a save. That's the kind of thing that happens every game with a little scrum, like, hey, you're too close to my goalie. What are you doing standing here? It's like, I wanted to stand here, that kind of thing. And then it just kind of blows over, except the guy, Tom Wilson being involved, you know, exacerbates the issue. So Pavel Buchnevich of the Rangers was one of the guys that was in close trying to get it just as Capitals goalie. I think it was Vanacek was saving it. Wilson somehow maneuvers it so his stick is under the guy's neck while he's on the ground, and he's also punching the guy in the back of the head. So our Tommy Panarin comes in to try to come to his rescue. They start to wrestle. He basically wrestles with him. His helmet comes off. He slams him out of the ice. He doesn't hit his head, but he's hurt, and he's going to miss the rest of the year. Very well could have, though. It could have been a lot worse than it was. Yeah. 
we don't even know the extent of injury because they said, quote unquote, out for the season, but the season is only a week. So maybe he could be out months. Who knows? Or it could just be a week. Also, Capitals are such cowards for not starting Tom Wilson. He wasn't yeah. even out there for the opening face off, but he ended up getting in a fight literally within seconds of his shift. So basically, uh, what I, uh, what everyone uh, is, is upset about is the NHL didn't suspend Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson has been suspended five times. He was suspended 20 games this season for a hit, which he only served 14 of because of an appeal. He has a history. It's a bad history. And now when I say the NHL suspended him five times, you know how reticent the NHL is to suspend someone, especially someone like Tom Wilson, who is an actual legitimate player. So he's done enough bad things to get suspended five times. That Just, just assume he's done something bad enough to get suspended 60 times. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. I'm going to count this as one of them. Because this was bad. He just, I mean, it, it, it does matter. It matters to me because people are like, if anyone else did this, would you say they deserve a suspension? And it's like, no, but no, no one else has been suspended. No one else is Tom times. Wilson. He's yeah. the only one who's Tom Wilson. Like even Marshawn, I think with Marshawn, it's a little different, even though I think he's a little piece of shit. Uh, and I, I, I never watched Marshawn's thing and be like, he shouldn't be in the league. And it's not just because he's really good and he's like maybe a Hall of Fame caliber guy. Like, don't get me wrong. The things Marshawn do could hurt someone. Like, yeah, his slew foot, he could make a guy hurt his knee. Some of his dirty plays, he goes knee to knee with someone. You could make someone tear their ACL. You could cause someone to tear their Achilles. You could give them hepatitis by licking them. <laughs> you little pervert. <laughs> and, like, just look at – I mean, like, obviously, he's awful. He's arrogant. He's terrible to look at. One of the most unfortunate-looking humans in existence. But this is even going to be a little bit defensive for him. I've never watched Marshawn play and be like, that guy could permanently disfigure someone. Tom Wilson is enormous and crazy strong. He could really actually really, really hurt someone because the way he plays is like, it seems like that's his main goal. He's reckless. I mean, again, he doesn't need to play like this. He's a 20 goal. He's so good. And he's just such an idiot. He's a, he's a fucking bonehead. If we're being honest, it is getting to the point now. And it probably has been for other people, but like, you may have to end up like what's going to happen if this happens again. Are you just going to give him another $5,000 fine? Like it was a joke that they did that in the first place. And now that that fight is breaking out, it's what the NHL deserves. It's what they wanted. I'm sure probably too. But to me, you're going to have to like really throw the book at this guy. Cause you know, it's going to happen again. This time should have probably been the time to really do it because I don't know. I mean, this, this guy's a repeat offender. And are you going to just keep allowing him to do this until like you said that something is going to actually like severely fatal happen? Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, is it worth suspending him for a whole year? Is it worth potentially even kicking him out of the league? I don't know. It's something to legitimately consider. Like the guy is just an asshole. He's a dick. Yeah. I know that that sounds out, you know, I, I actually, what am I saying? People, you do not come here for objective analysis. Tom Wilson is a dickhead. Okay. Yeah, the dude sucks. And to me, what are we waiting for NHL fucking kick this guy out of the league, honestly, or suspend him for a year, do something that sends a message because clearly your little $5,000 fines, which I'm pretty sure what, isn't that what players in the NFL get for wearing their socks too low? Somebody had yeah. made that like comparison. Yeah, they make NFL money. Well, yeah, but but the point still remains. Like five thousand dollars to Tom Wilson. Like, what do you think that really is? Nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah. Nothing more than a slap on the wrist. And this dude literally could have caused somebody fucking brain damage by smashing their head into the ice. I also say this, and this is a very under six foot opinion of me. Um, Wouldn't know, but I know. Well, <laughs> you might have the same opinion once you get there, because I think this would apply to you too. 
I think when you when someone you're engaging with someone in a professional sport, what you do to them, it has to be partly defined by how that will affect them. Now that sounds like real soft kind of thing, but I'm not saying like, oh, in football, this wide receiver is a little small, so I won't, you know, I won't hit him too hard. It's not like that. I'm saying like a perfect example is when guys blow up kickers in the NFL, like big, big guys. Oh my God. But I'm like, I'm always like, good for you, tough guy. This guy's like 37. He wears like like long ass tube socks and yep. wears glasses. Is this not Luchich on Miller too? Mil- it's Luchich the same Miller, exact concept. But that's what I was going to say. Miller's like, what, 140 pounds soaking yeah, wet? <laughs> that's why Wilson wrestling with Panarin isn't the same thing. Like, I think this is kind of the same thing in a bar fight. If you're like a guy who like knows how to fight and you're like six, seven, and you get in a fight with some guy who's like five, five, I mean, unless the guy's being really egregious, you shouldn't murder him. Because honestly, <laughs> Taylor. I mean, you shouldn't, you shouldn't kill the guy. Like, you know, you, cause you're capable of just, if he's, if he's some guy that can't fight you at all, you're capable of well, just of stopping course, him. Of course. Like, so like it's murder was a lot. I said, you shouldn't murder. Him. <laughs> you don't probably murder him. shouldn't murder him. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> but it's okay. I don't like to tell people what to do. So if but, a five, five so person is, is being a dumbass, somebody could <laughs> just kill them. No, I mean like, you, are you recommending just murking people? I'm saying no, it's the opposite of what I'm recommending. <laughs> but if you, if Tom Wilson is engaging with our tummy Panarin, he has to know that it's not like engaging with Zidane Chara. You can just pick up, well, not you. Yeah, oh, flush asshole. Just, yeah, you, you can hit just somebody, pick him up oh. and toss him on the ground and kill him. <laughs> really? He could do that. Yep. So it's not, it's not that impressive. So I think there is more of an intent to injure when it's a smaller person. I know there's no real way to legislate that. That'd be a legal nightmare, but it's, it's the truth. And I can see it. Everyone mm-hmm. can see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the NHL can do about that. Now, with the NHL's point, this is interesting because I, I think there are a lot of guilty parties here. And I mean, I don't mean just with Tom Wilson. I mean with this whole thing that we do every couple months where we go, why wasn't this guy suspended longer? How come this guy's still around? What's Radko Gudis doing? Matt Cook, Marshan, Wilson, all these guys. Pat Coletta. Why? Well, there's a lot of competing interest here. Brandon Shanahan, 10 years ago, was the first guy when he became the head of the Department of Player Safety that said, we're going to give long suspensions. We're going to take this seriously. And what happened? Did he stop caring? No. The GMs didn't like it. And they complained enough until the league basically said, hey, stop giving out these long suspensions. And eventually Shanahan left and took a different job. Don't know what ever happened to that guy. And then there was the other guy whose name I'm forgetting. He doesn't matter because he's just some stand-in for the league. And now it's George Peros, which is just ridiculous from an optics perspective. So that, that's a problem. The GMs are a problem. The league, the top of the league is a problem because Gary Bettman, as commissioner, you're supposed to be in charge here. That's supposed to be your decision, not the GMs, not the owners. But I get it. I get how sports politics works in that way with owners and commissioners. But the the other one that really gets away scot-free and should not is the players' union. Because what did I say earlier? Tom Wilson got suspended 20 games this year for a very, very hit, very, very dirty hit on Brandon Carlo. The reason he served 14 is because the union appealed. Now, the union has a right to appeal any suspension. And as a labor organization, they should have that. That's a good thing they put in the CBA because it doesn't allow the NHL to unilaterally suspend someone uh, for dumb reasons, for spurious reasons, for or suspend someone for too long for a suspension that should be shorter, right? But they also have the power not to appeal, and they never use that mm-hmm. power. And the reason they should, it's not because of morality or whatever. It's because you're protecting the players. There's only one Tom Wilson. There are dozens of Tom Wilson victims. They are all part of your union too. 
And anyone is a potential victim. There's only, sure, anyone can throw a dirty hit, whatever. And for first-time offenders, I say, I get it. For Tom Wilson and Tom Wilson types, I don't get it. And that's something you should stop protecting because if he's not going out and punching uh, a manager or a coach in the face, he's not punching a fan in the face. He is hurting or putting in danger members of your union. Mm-hmm. So get mm-hmm. it together. Ziggy has entered the chat. He yeah, has a lot Ziggy's of thoughts. Here. Ziggy hates Tom Wilson. He does. Ziggy said, Ugh. yep, thank you. Eric Corey, everybody. That was, that was actually Ziggy. <laughs> yeah. Ziggy has quickly developed a very deep man voice. He's a thug. Yep. Thank you, Ziggy. Appreciate that. Uh, so anyway. Quiz? Yeah, quiz real quick. Let's do it. This we can watch the, this game. <laughs> yeah, this is the last week of the season. Well, it's probably going to be intermission before we watch, and we'll just catch whatever Fair. shit happens after. So the uh, last time the Sabres made the playoffs, 2011, uh, this is the last week of the season for the Sabres. It's now been 10 years. It'll be, a, you know, the 10th uh, spring in a row that we don't have playoff hockey. Hey, we got May hockey this year, though, baby. That's right. First time in, <laughs> since 07? No, it would have been 11, right? No, they didn't make it to May in 11. I thought they would have. I thought I saw something that they got to the. Oh, maybe not. I thought Probably they would have got to like the first week of May. No way. Then. Okay. They lost in the okay. first round. No, I know, but I, I don't know. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, so, so I'm, I'm looking at the 2011 playoffs, the 16 teams. Uh, who led each of the teams in scoring in their regular season? That's not hard. This is ridiculous. How is all that right, hard? all right, all right. It led are them you, in scoring. Are you going to ten years ago? All right, let's go. You're going to go through team by team for who yeah. made it. Okay, Vancouver. It's not going to be like Henrik Sedin. Guess who made it? That's a good guess, but it's Daniel. Son of a bitch. Yeah, this is actually the year Henrik won the uh, what's it called? Not the actual MVP, the players MVP. Yeah, San Jose. Joe Thornton. That's another good guess. Another second place finisher. It is Patrick Marlowe. God almighty. Tampa Bay. Martin St. Louis. Correct. Hey. I thought you were going to fold up the Stamkos draft. That is. No. Conference final is Tampa Bay. Detroit. Oh, man. Uh, Datsuk. Oh. Zetterberg. He was second place. Zetterberg. Zetterberg. God, I'm going to. Actually, I skipped over the Stanley Cup champion to start. The Boston Bruins. I'll tell you what, two guys tied, so we wanted two guys. Patrice Bergeron. Man, you didn't get either. It was Jesus. Lucic and Krejci. Ugh. Nashville. God. Two Mike... guys tied here, too. Mike Fisher? No, I don't believe he was on this team. Uh, it was Martin Urat and Sergei Kostitsin. Of course, the Kostitsin brothers. That's right. Whatever happened to those guys? They in their Siberian prison, probably. Uh, Philadelphia. Uh, uh, the leading. Wait, are we saying leading score in the playoffs? Regular season. Oh Jesus! So Erat and Kostitsin at fifty points. By the way, Nashville was a second round team. Pekka Rene. Wow. All right. It was a god. Back um, two thousand eleven. Claude Giroux. It was. There we go. Claude Giroux, that was a, his first like kind of breakout year. Wasn't young Daniel, I think, second or third on that team, if I'm not mistaken. In points. 
Daniel Briere. Oh, Daniel Briere. <laughs> I thought you meant Daniel Carcillo. No, I was no. like, not a chance, buddy. No. Briere, definitely. Briere led them in playoff points. He's awesome. Uh, That's why I asked before that one because I was like, I know the answer. Really, if it's... No, I don't know if Briere led them in playoff points this year. This is the year they got swept by Boston. Okay. Anyways, Washington. Alexander. That's right. 85 points. His quote unquote down year. Anaheim. This was the MVP of the league. Scory Perry. No, it's actually Corey Perry. I hate that I said that. I'm so sorry, everybody. Sorry, Dad. Phoenix. Everybody. Back when they used to be called Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, how about Mr. Shane Doan? That's right. They were a second round team. There we go. Or wait, were they? No, I think they were first round team. Los Angeles. Uh, Anze Kopitar. That's right. Booyah. Chicago. Uh, Patrick Kane. Oh, close. It's Taze. Taze, okay. Taze was definitely superior at that point. Mm. Pittsburgh. It's either Crosby or Malkin. What year is this again? 2011. I'm going to go Malkin. Man. It's Crosby. You had a good thought because here's my thought. That was, yeah. Crosby got hurt. The concussion. That's his concussion. That, that's why. That yeah. Malkin actually only played 37 games that Son year. Son of a bitch. He was hurt. And here's the thing. Is it neither of them? No. Here's is the it, forgetting. In is, Crosby's 41 games, he had 66 points and led the team. That's stupid. That's so dumb. He had 32 goals in half the year. That's that I is, feel like we really missed out on this best uh best version of Crosby. That, yeah, he was a 60 goal Crosby. Stupid. Wow. Anyway, Montreal. Montreal. Who would it have been back then? Um They, they pushed Boston to seven games, which was very funny. Thomas Placanic. Yep. Was it really? With 57 Let's points. go! I can't believe it wasn't oh, Patch Reddy. Yeah. This might have been when Patch Reddy got his neck broken by Charlie. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. The Buffalo Sabres. Um, uh, Thomas Vanek? That's correct, with 73 points. Heck, yeah. There we go. There we go. All right, you're not going to get this one. It's the last one. Okay. But here's the thing. Let's see. How many do you have? You have one? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine out of 16 wouldn't be that bad. No. New York Rangers. And I'm not going to get it? Right. Is it like a real out there name? I just never would have expected it. It's not an out there name, but this is also a weird in-between Rangers team. They were much better the next year. Um... Brad Richards. No, uh, good guess. It's Brandon Dubinsky with fifty. Brandon points. Dubinsky. Okay. Well, well, you got more than half. I'll so. take that. Solid quiz. Eh, and don't go. worry about who won the Stanley Cup, even though I already said it. No, we don't need to know. We don't acknowledge them. Nope. Nope. No shot. All right, everybody. Well, oh, wait. Actually, before I even get into our outro, do you have a recommendation that you want to give to everybody? Yeah. So I recently watched the movie The Last Boy Scout. Great, great sports movie kind of a sports movie more mm-hmm. of an action movie mm-hmm. starring bruce willis in the vein of die hard but he's way more of a scumbag it's a shane black tony scott movie it's insane it involves pro football it involves a jerry jones stand-in it involves danielle harris of halloween for fame it's a really incredible movie it has damon wayans as one of the co-stars wow. 
fantastic stuff all around and like i said it's insane so many parts of the movie are insane cool it features i can't even i can't get into i don't want to do any spoilers that's you okay won't believe it you won't believe what you're seeing and it's so fun they don't make movies like that anymore what genre of movie is it oh it's an action movie oh okay cool yeah with like real it. you know real action real gunshots those guys really died wow yeah that's intense real explosions that really killed the actors who died in the movie which i thought was cool rest in peace yeah <laughs> some of them really bad guys though so well why they're playing bad guys hmm. no but i i'm serious and i'm not gonna go off rant now because i want to watch this game but it's the kind of movie they don't make anymore and they should okay i like that yeah very cool all right i'll be brief with mine since this week is may the 4th and revenge of the 5th uh i am going to recommend the new star wars series that just came out called the bad batch i know i think a couple of times before on here i've talked about um star wars the clone wars and star wars rebels the two animated series this is another one of those in the exact same kind of style except way more modernized in terms of the animation the show is essentially a continuation of star wars the clone wars but it has an incredible tie into star wars rebels they only just came out with the first episode of it and it was like 72 minutes uh, which is pretty wild. And it was amazing. Really, really good. So if you're into Star Wars at all and you watch the Clone Wars and Rebels, or even if you didn't and you want to watch something new uh, and you're into Star Wars, check out The Bad Batch. Who is your random Sabres player of the episode? Daniel Cotinacci. Wow. That was a quick one. I wrote it down before the episode. So oh, you did. You did. Okay. I'm going to go with Patrick Laleem. I don't think I've used him yet this wow. year. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Hockey Podcast Network, 31 teams, 31 shows, plus a bunch of other great content as we're approaching the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are now just a matter of weeks away at this point. Hockey Podcast Network is where it's at for getting all of your NHL coverage. And make sure you're also checking out Buffalo Fanatics as well. Bill's just Killed it at the draft, some might say. Did pretty well for themselves. And now we are looking ahead to the next season after they just, of course, also picked up the options, uh, fifth-year options for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Lots of fun and exciting things happening in Bills land, so make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics for all the Bills coverage you're looking for. Follow them on their respective social media platforms, both the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics, plus check them out on your streaming platforms of choice for whatever content you're looking to get into. And also make sure you're checking us out as well on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. And make sure you are also checking out Taylor and I on our personal handles as well. I'm Brendan1423, Taylor is Nigrelli93. Check us out and make sure you're subscribed to us on whatever your streaming platform of choice is as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will be back with a new episode on Monday. This has been Straight Up Sabres.